Hey there, welcome to the Shelf Stories podcast. We're your hosts, Thaloni and Rashima, and thank you for tuning in. In today's episode, we're going to dive into the world of book talk. COVID left the world in chaos, but one of the good things to emerge from it was book talk. Yes, there are a lot of people, some that I know myself, that want to read but don't know where to start. And that's why BookTok bridged the gap. In this episode, we're going to be talking about some of the internet's most beloved books. As I sit here with one foot on either side of the ledge, looking down from 12 stories above the streets of Boston, I can't help but think about suicide. With such a hard-hitting start, this book is something you could throw at anyone's face and it wouldn't hurt half as much as the insides do. This is It Ends With Us by Miss Colleen Hoover. The Queen of Book Talk. So, in It Ends With Us, the main character who's, wait for it, jump roll please, Lily Blossom Bloom, yes you heard that right, has had a very troublesome childhood. This book has two timelines, one of her past and one of her present, and it's beautiful the way both of them kind of collide at one point, where her present significant other, Rai Kinkaid. Yes, that name, that name irritates me. It was right there. He, they, they could have called him Kyle Kinkaid, but no, no. What and, is with it? Anyways, he has to compete with the guy, Atlas Corrigan, who is Lily's past. And it talks about, it is said to be a love triangle, but it really isn't, in our opinion, at least. That's how it's advertised at the back. That's what... If I had not read reviews on um, Instagram and Bookstagram and YouTube, I would have thought that it's a love triangle. But after we we both read it, we can agree that it was certainly not a love triangle because they were happening on different timelines. Yes, that's right. And what I really liked about this book was that it was written in a first-person narrative. I don't always like first-person narrative books, and that's a fact. Not everyone does. But... When it comes to the concept of domestic violence and domestic abuse that the book is dealing with, I believe that a first-person narrative was a very good choice because it gives us a glimpse of what it's like to be victim to those crimes and how we can actually feel Lily gaslighting herself or being gaslighted or her mother being gaslighted for that matter into believing that it was okay when it is not. Because this is such a sensitive topic, I believe we should have our opinions very educated before we make comments on that, which isn't always the case with everybody, because they see it from a third-person point of view. But when we see it from a first-person point of view, like in this book, we get to see that, you know, we, we put them, we put ourselves in the victim's shoes, which is something I really liked about this book. This book also had a very strong plot. And for me, I could not put this book down. And I 100% second Rashima on what she's saying because I had a Hindi exam on Monday. I had a Hindi prelim on Monday, in fact. And I started, I made the mistake of starting this book on Thursday and then I could not put it down till I finished it. So I'm going to blame Colleen Hoover for my Hindi grade on that paper. Sure, whatever works for you. As I was saying, as the plot is really strong and very interesting, full of plot twists, this book is something I could not put down. And as it was my first Colleen Hoover book, I was really impressed. So 
overall i think i would give this book a very very good review and there were more pros than to cons to this book in my opinion so i am quite a critical person when it comes to any book and it's very hard to get 5 stars at least from me but i have to say this book lived up to the expectations that i had of it when i kept hearing about it all over instagram and it was definitely a solid 5 stars for me but i do have a few bones to pick with it so firstly in very sharp contrast to rashima i despise first person narratives because to me you could the, the characters in it ends with us whether they were lily or rail or even atlas had so much complexity to their to themselves as characters and you cannot truly see or get a full picture of what was happening when everything is only told from Lily's point of view both in the book and also in the diaries that she revisits yes and that's actually something i also agree with because there's this really big kind of competition between team rail and team atlas and i think people tend to overlook that f- the fact that rail was very troubled and miss colleen over this might be a small hint but we would love to have a third book in the series please please from rail's point of view but anyways again saloni on to you thank you for reminding me rashima now i cannot wait till october comes for the second book um anyways so the next point of contentment i had with this book was that from the very beginning rail to me was a walking talking red flag nothing about him was even the slightest bit appealing to me and i come on no that can't be right that i refuse to believe that the only good thing about him was that he's a neurosurgeon i had a problem with absolutely everything he did and this is not a spoiler because it happens right at the beginning but come on rail why are you taking a picture of a yeah, random I mean, lady that was straight up creepy i get that that was straight up creepy i know come on lily anyways um the third major problem i had with this book was that it did not come with an age warning and neither did it come with a trigger warning by the way noted verity but that's another entire bone to pick oh my god please we have a lot to say about that we are very opinionated people uh so to me the age i did not find an age rating with the book but i believe she has one uploaded on her instagram and i think it ends with us was 16 plus or 17 plus i'm not sure but if i had to give it an age rating as someone who was 15 when she read it 15 or 16 no i think i was i was 16 and i it's read it it's not relevant it's not that irrelevant i'm just rambling but i would give it an 18 plus review because some of the scenes were very graphic and very intense and definitely more suitable for a less impressionable audience and again it did not come with trigger warnings and it to me it was advertised sort of as a love triangle which it wasn't and when you have a teenage audience reading these books because it is so famous on social media they are very impressionable and seeing people like rail seeing people seeing a perfect guy like atlas which is impossible to find in the world that we live in gives them the wrong idea of we're going to get in is. trouble for saying that we're definitely going to get in trouble getting for saying <laughs> that but i think i understand your point when you say that when you know the audience reading this book is very impressionable they get the wrong idea of love 
of relationships of in quotations the perfect guy who might or might not exist we don't know we don't know we have no romantic experience <laughs> but that is that being said this book we can argue that this book was a slap in the face but in the best way possible so thank you miss colleen hoover for giving this banger for this absolute banger moving on to the song of achilles this review might contain spoilers so skip to 18 minutes and 30 seconds his presence was like a stone in my shoe impossible to ignore his skin was the color of just pressed olive oil and smooth as polished wood without the scabs and blemishes that covered the rest of us this quote was from my favorite book of the year the song of achilles by madeline miller so i am somebody who was not completely unaware of greek mythology going into this book because as a child i did read a lot of percy jackson and heroes of olympus and i did make a few enemies in school because i went around telling people that percy jackson was better than harry potter but <laughs> that enemy being me very very ironically <laughs> so i understand that greek mythology retellings can be slightly intimidating for first timers but this is very different with the song of achilles because it is told from such a perspective that it is suitable for readers who have absolutely no background in greek mythology and are unaware about you know i can actually second that because i have been a reader for a very long time but i never found a lot of interest in mythology and i obviously didn't know anything about greek mythology before reading this book which i did at my co-host's recommendation and let me just say i am so glad that i did because there are so many things in this book that really really impressed me and something that will stick with me for every single review i write or give i really want to mention the fact that the story might pass as cliche for the people who have read it they might understand what i'm talking about but the writing is what made us stay because it was so easy to understand despite being greek mythology something that could be intimidating like she said but it is so interesting and easily understandable that made you know that put the cherry on top for the song of achilles and something about the writing making us stay the something that i observed throughout reading this book was that there was beauty in the simplicity of the writing and you can see this through the interactions that the characters have not only with each other like achilles and patroclus but also how they describe each other especially in the quote that we began on so now with the storyline it is told from the point of view of patroclus and we see the story progress and we see achilles and patroclus go through different stages of their life together so we see them as little boys we see them as adolescents and then we see them entering the cusp of manhood and throughout this book there was something there was a common thread that all of these stages of their life had which was their love for one another that love began as friendship and that slowly evolved into a romance and it was honestly speaking the cutest thing i've ever read i was smiling throughout this entire book and i feel like it's um a very challenging thing to write about when you test someone's love when they go to fulfill a prophecy and um i'm going to skip to the ending 
sorry but i need to need to say that the ending was beautiful poetic and just so unexpected i'm going to give a few spoilers here so if you haven't read this book and want to read it please do skip ahead this is your second warning you have been warned yes but the fact that they both die was a slap in the face i i know for a fact that many a times you can kind of predict one of the lovers dying a lot of books are based around that and i was actually kind of expecting achilles to fulfill his prophecy though that did take me a surprise even though i was expecting it but patroclus dying was a slap in the face it was like getting hit by a ton of bricks because i would have never imagined that both of the lovers die and then it was so bittersweet when achilles's mother who was firstly the mo- one of the most conservative characters in the story n- not ready to accept the two lovers she is the one who accepts them and gives them such a happy afterlife is something that jolly brought a smile to my face i think one of the common threads of any famous greek epic whether it was the one about with achilles or hercules or even jason and medea was tragedy in the end they die they betray their loved ones they lose their family or they go in at least hercules's case they go mad like rishima said the ending was kind of cliche in a greek epic kind of way yeah in a greek epic context because of the tragedy but patroclus dying was something even i did not expect it was like if you were mad, i think i should speak this yes i think i can say for both of us that we've read a lot and we know at i think at this point we know subconsciously not to get attached to the characters when we read a book so i i don't know if siloni cried by reading it but i didn't cry but i'm telling you if i didn't know that then even if i did manage to hold my tears back to lachilis's death i would have not stopped for patroclus's death and in fact i was actually talking to someone about this and this was her exact case where she held her tears back at 3 am until achilles's death but about like 20 pages or even less than that in she was in tears bawling because patroclus died and that i don't think anyone would have expected anybody so madeline miller is the author of this book and i've read two of her books which is the song of achilles and circe which is another greek mythology retelling and something that's very evident is that you can see all of her knowledge and studies of greek mythology comes out through this masterpiece of a book because if you do a little digging like me after reading a book that you really love you would know that she spent 10 years writing this book so madeline miller spent 10 years writing this book and you can see that through the beauty in each and every single sentence there is not a single part of this book that i would ever consider changing because it is just chef's kiss it is perfect and one more thing i would like to add is that beyond the inexplicably amazing writing and story and mythology and everything it deals with real world problems it deals with problems like lgbtq plus acceptance which is something very very necessary now and we see that through um the behavior that thetis shows to patroclus and one commendable thing is that lgbtq apps uh, the point of lgbtq plus in this book wasn't even the main storyline the main storyline was them meeting falling in love and then going to fulfill a prophecy 
So the fact that she's incorporated, you know, this entire issue in today's world in such a beautiful manner and not even subtle that could, you know, go unnoticed. And another thing that she's really dealt with is toxic masculinity, which is uh, clearly evident, especially in the beginning of the book, when Patroclus's father kind of compares him to Achilles, compares him inferior to Achilles because I, I quote, that is what a son should be like. And I don't think that there is any, um, you know, template that anyone can fit in. Um, other than that, it deals with sexism also, which is a problem that it needs to be recognized. And how, the way Madeline Miller has done it is very beautiful and very educating. So something that I also noticed and appreciated about this book is, like Rashima said, it deals with a lot of real world problems and that is not what the story is mostly centered around which again is a plus point and something that I noticed it noticed was that it deals with ego problems very well and we see that when Achilles would refuse to go to war and let thousands of his own comrades die just because he was offended just because his ego was bruised and he refused to budge and so much so that he let the love of his life go in war and take his place that was kind of an issue of pride which is another thing that it deals with and that is why we really really liked the concept of the book and we also loved her portrayal of all of the characters and seeing heroes like Odysseus and reading about Helen of Sparta and Priam was also because very nice. makes this an entire <laughs> Greek mythology this obsession. Really fangirling. Okay, I would just really like to give special mention to my favorite scene in the entire book. Go ahead. It just, it just made my day and I was on the floor laughing, reading about Achilles dressing up and dancing. That made my day and I, I know for a fact that it has to have made someone else's day too because it was just so genuine and so Achilles. So this was, from the both of us, a very easy five-star review and we hope that you go ahead and read it and like it as much as we did. So, the final book to conclude today's Book Talk episode is indisputably Book Talk's most beloved book, The Seven Husbands of Evelyn Hugo. Written by Taylor Jenkins Reid, this book follows Evelyn Herrera, who later on changes her name to Evelyn Hugo. She is a Cuban-American woman who grew up in Hell's Kitchen. And throughout this book, it was sort of portrayed as the bad side of town that she was trying to escape from. So she grew up with an abusive father and was quite desperate to break the cycle of poverty and an abuse she embarks on her career as an actor and soon she becomes wildly successful. She lives a life of constant public scrutiny and throughout this book we see everything that Evelyn has to sacrifice. She has to sacrifice parts of herself in order to fit in with the American audience and we see that when she dropped the name Herrera and changed it to Hugo and Umnimo a more Americanized name. And I can say for a fact that this book 
doesn't have only a strong plot and a great concept but it is so well written and i mean hats off to taylor jenkins kate for making a fictional person's autobiography this interesting because i can say personally that i have not come across one person who hasn't absolutely loved this book something that stood out to me in this book not as much as the other ones that we mentioned today was how easy everything was to imagine just because of how well taylor jenkins reed has written this book everything that us normal people the normal readers would not have been able to experience we have imagined through her writing whether it was old hollywood it was the glamour red carpets and i feel like it's really empowering in a sense and shows light to the issues that women face under the spotlight besides i feel like um another thing that did stand out in this book like seroni said was that the flow of the book was very continuous it was not like a join the dots and we have read the book and we know that she wasn't a very moral human and she accepts that the title of this book is the seven husbands of evelyn hugo but on reading it we find out that the husbands were merely just placeholders and that she was a totally different person which is a perfect example of not to judge a book by its cover which i feel pretty much ironically hollywood is all about i could not agree more with rashima about this and throughout the book you'll notice these little gaps and i believe that taylor jenkins reads very nicely ties up all the loose ends towards the ending of the book so when you're done reading it you have this sense of satisfaction and contentment which is very rewarding and anger and guilt and a, a lot of things a lot of a lot a lot of things it feelings. was like an emotional roller coaster it was an the emotional last few coaster. chapters especially but i wouldn't give up that i would sell my soul to read that book for the first time again it was an emotional roller coaster where emotional they unbutton damage. they unbutton your safety belt and fling you out <laughs> with that we conclude today's episode we hope you enjoyed it we certainly did do follow us on instagram at shelved stories and tune in next time for more such shelved stories